what's going on ladies and gentlemen it's your boy mark thompson back for an exciting episode of the avo podcast i have a lot in store for you this episode definitely talking nfl headlines we had a lot of big transactions take place within the past week and i also want to talk about my top five players at every position in the nba and so much more stay tuned because you're listening to the avo podcast as always, this episode is brought to you by GuruHouseSound.com. If you are looking for fresh new artists in the Philadelphia and Tri-State area, log on to GuruHouseSound.com and start your free trial today. Check out our music review section, our playlist section, and so much more. Log on to GuruHouseSound.com to start your free trial today. The NFL has been on fire with their headlines as of late I mean there's so much content that we can talk about we can talk about Pat Mahomes getting major deal one of the biggest I think actually the biggest contract in NFL history the Redskins name finally retired we got Deshaun Jackson popping off on Twitter it's been it's been a lot going on but I definitely want to start with my man Pat Mahomes because he got paid so the details on the contract is crazy when I first heard it I haven't heard of any terms or anything like that since baseball. 10 years, 503 million. That is insane. Like when he signs, he gets 63 million up front and then he'll get another 103 million guaranteed to him by March 21st, which is crazy. And then if he's still on the team by March 2022, he'll get another guaranteed $141 million. That is so much money, and it doesn't make sense. The crazy thing is now, Pat Mahomes, he's reset the quarterback market. Like, Russell Wilson, prior to that, was the highest-paid quarterback. He was getting about $35 million a year. Now... If Pat Mahomes get everything he's supposed to get, you're looking at $39.5 million a year. And prior to that, nobody was really seeing money like that but Andrew Luck because his contract at the time was the biggest in 2016 at $140 million. This contract that Pat Mahomes just signed just blew Andrew's Luck's contract out of the water. Like, this is absolutely crazy. Now, is he worth it? Does he deserve it? I'd say damn right he deserves it, and absolutely he is worth it because Pat Mahomes, he literally does everything on the field for you. He can run. He can throw. I mean, damn, he's pretty much a created player because Madden just came out with his rating, and he they gave him a 99. 99. Pat Mahomes still has so much more football left in the tank. He's coming fresh off a of Super Bowl. He's broke the Madden curse. My man is literally on top of the world right now. So I'm very happy for Pat Mahomes, and I'm excited to see what he'll do. But in my personal opinion, you know how the game goes. You know how the game goes. He's not going to see that entire $503 million. I personally think he doesn't. He, he won't finish out the contract. You know how the NFL is. Number one, the contracts aren't guaranteed. That's why the players fight so hard to get that guaranteed money up front because they know how the game is. They're gonna they'll give you a nice long contract, and then typically you won't see the bulk of your money till the end of the contract. But you'll be cut, and you'll be a free agent by then. That's why players go hard for that guaranteed money and he is getting a ton of guaranteed money within the first 20 months of his contract 
Andy Reid did something very similar like this back in 2002 with Donovan McNabb, and he's done it again in 2020 with Patrick Mahomes. He's got his quarterback of the future. He's going to groom. He's going to build around him, and he's going to try to make it happen again. Like I just mentioned earlier, I mean, Pat Mahomes is coming fresh off a Super Bowl, and the Chiefs aren't playing. They're out there still spending tons of money. They've just signed their top defensive tackle to another big contract. Defensive tackle Chris Jones, four years, $85 million, $60 million in guarantees. So the Chiefs are spending bread, and they're continuing to build around their young players so that way they can continue to repeat. With Tom Brady finally leaving the AFC, the AFC isn't quite guaranteed to the New England Patriots the way it used to be. I'm very happy Cam Newton's on that team, but... The Chiefs look like they're ready to take over the AFC for the next 10 to 12 years. I'm going to move on a little bit. I'm not one to typically talk about tweets. I told you I don't like that the national headlines or the you know the people on ESPN and FS1 and all that stuff actually debate about people's tweets and how these athletes use their social media. But I got to just talk about this briefly about the whole Deshaun Jackson situation. I'm not going to really say what he said or anything like that, but when you bring up Hitler and you're talking about Jews and you're trying to, you know, associate with slavery, this, that, and the third, you already took a loss, bro. Like, you, that's one name you don't mention. You never mention Hitler. Now, what I will say about this, though, in the age of Google, you got to do your research. I, like, I'm serious. I hate when people ask me a question like how to do this or how do I get there. Like, bro, you have a smartphone. Google that. Like, you don't need to ask anybody questions. So as far as Deshaun Jackson even mentioning Hitler and relating it to what we're doing today, that's just a loss, bro. That That's a, that's a major loss, and that's something that shouldn't happen whatsoever. Now, of course, you have your people who are going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, Oh, you know, he's not familiar with Jewish people. I mean, Howie Roseman's Jewish and he writes his checks. Um, you know, they'll say he, he's from California, so he might not be exposed to Jewish people. Here, here's my thing, though. Here's my thing. So Deshaun Jackson, yes, he says what he says, but now people are coming out trying to, I guess, get him counseling and educate him, which is cool. Like, that's fine. You can go out your way and do that. But they better not cut that, man. Because Riley Cooper was talking about how he'll be every N-word up in here, did not produce for the Eagles whatsoever, and got a contract extension. So, once again, the Eagles are in the same situation where you got somebody using inappropriate language or making inappropriate remarks. Deshaun Jackson better not get cut. That's all I'm going to say. Now, for me, man, I love Jewish people, man. They cool. When I, when I first moved out to the Lower Marion area, that's all I knew. I knew a bunch of a bunch of Jewish people. They was cool, you know, a couple couple Fishmans, Goldbergs, you know, a couple, couple of Jewish last names, but they cool people. I remember one of the um, first times I was invited to a bar mitzvah. I didn't know what it was, so, you know, I went through, you know, did everything you're supposed to, had a good time, but the after party, it threw me off because I'm in there. And I'm getting gifts. Like, they giving me gifts. I'm like, how I come to a party and I'm getting gifts? Like, that that just blew my mind. Like, the couple of bar mitzvahs that I went to was top tier. They throw you up in a chair, have a good time. Everybody bouncing in, carry you around. It, it's a whole vibe. So, But at the end of the day, 
that's because of my upbringing and where I grew up. Like, like I said, growing up in in Lower Marion, I read Schindler's List, which is a, a major Holocaust book that we had to learn. But I'm all, but I also think it's because of the amount of Jewish people that lived in the area, and I also feel that. I did learn about the civil rights movements and et cetera. Of course, I, I didn't. They didn't teach me everything, but still very knowledgeable on both subjects. So I do think upbringing does have a huge factor on the, some of the things that you say. But at the end of the day, we got Google and we got YouTube University, so there should be nobody asking any questions whatsoever. You can just type it in the search bar. And in other news, the Redskins they retired their name. It's about doggone time. I mean, I can't believe there's these sports teams that have derogatory names and like as their mascot or as their logo and stuff like the the Indians should be gone. I'm glad the Redskins are gone. Like the Blackhawks should be gone. All those things, all those teams that have to do with like old school Indian tribal names and stuff that that has to go like let it go. There can be so many other things that you can name a team after. But something derogatory like the Redskins, it's about doggone time it goes. And staying on topic with derogatory names and etc., I feel like people need to truly learn that we are living in a hypersensitive time. Like, like hypersensitive society. That is what we are living in right now. You can't say anything wrong, like in anything, because it's going to come back to bite you. It doesn't matter what's being said. Like, this isn't the 1980s, the 1990s. Like, people who just got soft skin, you can't you can't really say what you want to say the way you used to. Like, for example, I was watching some old Richard Pryor and some old Eddie Murphy. Listen, the stuff that they said back then, ooh, they would not make it today. I don't think so. I, I the reason I say that is I just feel like everyone's so soft. Like, you gotta you gotta watch what people say like for for example something small like i mean i can't say something small because we live in a hypersensitive society but to me like if somebody was to you know say something about nappy hair i wouldn't you know feel like a type of way because like i'm not soft like i've heard things like that my entire life but you say that to the wrong person like what's the name uh don imus years ago talking about nappy headed hoes ain't really heard much about him since but Still, like, it's, it's just some things that can't be, be said, especially when it has, like, a racial undertone. But at the end of the day, we do got to watch what we say around people because they're a little soft. I mean, you know, growing up, my old heads always told me sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. I don't think they teaching that to the kids these days. On a softer note, I'm glad we've gotten that out the way. But I have been going through sports withdrawal. It has been a struggle for me. I really... Don't watch TV the way I used to. Um, I can't recall the last time I've watched ESPN going on to NBA TV. I know we got basketball right around the corner and the NBA players have started practicing stuff. But I've, I've been going through withdrawal. So for, I'd say, maybe at least a couple years, one of my best friends have always been telling me to check out a show. I'm like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, uh. so anyway. Lately, I've been watching Survivor, which is one of her favorite shows. She put me on, her and her husband. They watch it together. They enjoy it. So I'm like, all right, look, I'll give it a chance. Like, my friend, she never stares me in the wrong direction. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to see what's up. I start watching it. Now, I started, I think there's like 30, like nine seasons or something like that. But I started at season 20 because I don't like the old 
the way that the TV used to look back in the day. You know how it had the 4 by 3 ratio and it looked a little fuzzy? I'm like, nah, I need some, you know, HD, 1080p. I need, I need that clarity. So I started season 20, which wasn't bad. I think it was like 2010 or 11 when they had season 20. And I'm not going to lie to y'all, I've been hooked. I have been hooked. This has been giving me my sports fix. And let me explain why it's been giving me my sports fix. Because there's there's competitiveness. There's strategy. There's people being voted off. There's being drama, excitement. Like, I love it. I think last week I might have watched three seasons. When I tell you I've never binge-watched anything like this ever. Money Heist, I've, uh, I've, I've binge-watched Money Heist like this. But... No, I've I've never binge watched a show like this. Like this is like crack. I mean, my I'll stop watching at like two a.m. and then first thing I'll put on in the morning again is Survivor and just keep on watching. Just like I just love the strategy. I love to see how it's all gonna unfold. And the best part about it for me is that it's unpredictable. I do not like things that I can predict. That's another reason why I, I kind of slowed down on WWE because I can predict those matches like it's nothing. But Survivor, that's been right up my alley. Just all, just shocked to see people get voted off, seeing how these challenges going in. If you need a sports fix, I know we're getting basketball back and I know there's a possibility with baseball and football. I know it all depends, you know, how everything goes. But if you got Hulu, this is just free promo for them. Check out some Survivor. It'll give you that sports fix. I mean, well, at least it gave me that sports fix. So, that's my two cents. Before I move on, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Guru House Magazine. Do you feel like your playlist is getting a little stale? Do you love local new music but don't have the time to find it yourself? Then dive headfirst into Guru House Magazine to stay up to date with the new talent in your area. Check out our playlist section and recommendations from our Guru House playlist. Flip to our video breakdown section to read our music videos that are keeping the art form alive. All this wonderful content in the physical magazine. Subscribe to Guru House Magazine for only $3.99. You heard it. $3.99 a month. I don't think they heard you. It's $3.99 a month. Go to GuruHouseSound.com magazine and hit that subscribe button. ASAP. What are you waiting for? With basketball potentially being a couple weeks away. And I say potentially because these guys are already acting a fool out here inside the bubble. They, I, they're, uh, Apparently, this is the rumors on Twitter. I don't know how true it is. They're going to be sneaking in women. All right, people already got a, I think it was it, Rashawn Holmes got a quarantine for another eight days because he went across campus to get some delivery. Like, come on, yo, come on. They don't get room service up there in the bubble. What's going on? But that's if we have a season. But I'm going to get to the nitty gritty. I'm talking top five players at each position. And, you know, I got to start it with my point guards. Y'all know me. When I do list, I always say they're not in order or, you know, this is just a five. I actually have an order this time, believe it or not. I do have an order. And I'm going to start with my number one. My number one point guard in the NFL. I was about to say NFL. My number one point guard in the NBA. This one to me is a no-brainer. Injuries or not, Steph Curry, all day. Six-time All-Star, 2015-2016 scoring champ, three-time NBA champ. He should be a finals MVP. The year Iguodala got that finals MVP, 
That should have been Steph Curry. He he that should have been him all day. Also in 2015-16 he averaged 30 points a game. He played 79 games, which is big because the past couple years Steph Curry has definitely been on and not on and off the court, in and out of the lineup, you name it. That season he also shot 50% from the field, 45% from the three. That was his best overall season, and of course that was his MVP season. He's easily the greatest shooter of all time. He's going to shatter every shooting record. And if you look at the way his game has pl- is played, he can play to his mid to late 30s. And that's just off a of pure shooter. At, look, if he doesn't have his ball handling ability and athleticism anymore... He can at least be Kyle Korver, and Kyle Korver's still in the league, just hitting threes off screens. So if Steph Curry can still do that late in his career, he's truly going to shatter every scoring record possible. And if you want to be technical, he revolutionized the game. I mean, everybody is just hitting threes from left and right. I was playing basketball over the weekend. I found the court. Shh, I'm not going to tell you guys where it is because I don't want them to throw chains on it. But a brother played some basketball. And it felt great, might I add. But out there, everybody just jacking threes. I'm one of them. I ain't going to lie. I shoot a little bit, you know. I mean, I throw them up. But everybody, I mean, people who aren't supposed to be shooting threes are shooting threes. And this is all because of Steph Curry's influence. So for that, he's definitely number one. Number two. And this is, for me, this might... Be a shock. Actually, not even for me. For a lot of people, this might be a shock. I had to do my research, and it all makes sense. It it, it adds up. And my number two point guard, Damian Lillard, five-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA. He's the 2012-2013 Rookie of the Year. His best season was now. He was he had career highs in points, assists, field goal percentage, and threes. He wasn't playing around. 28.9 points per game, 7.8 assists shooting 45% from field goal and almost 40% from three. Damian Lillard was out of control, and I feel like that that run that he had in last year's playoffs was fantastic. I mean, they went to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't have nothing for Durant and Curry and Klay Thompson and the Golden State Warriors. They had nothing for him. They didn't have enough. But Damian Lillard is must-see TV, and he's well, he's well, he's well-deserved the second spot, in my opinion. Before, I used to say that, Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving were the same player. But honestly, I think Damian Lillard has surpassed Kyrie Irving for sure. He's he's just taking it up to a whole nother level. His when it's Dame time, it's crazy. And then he was going on a tear having like forty, thirty point games, multiple games in a row, game winners, deep threes, just stepping across half court, knocking them down. Damian Lillard was out of control, and having Dame play the way that he played this year, it kind of gave me that fix not having Steph Curry because we all know Steph Curry was dealing with injuries the majority of the season. And Damian Lillard, outstanding player for sure, and that that's why he's the NBA 2K21 cover athlete for the current gen. So Damian Lillard is my number two point guard for sure. My number three point guard in the NBA might come to a surprise to a lot of people, but my man's game hasn't declined, and that's Russell Westbrook. Nine-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, eight-time All-NBA. Listen, he came over to the Houston Rockets and didn't miss a beat. He had a down season in 2018-19 because he was injured most of the year, and he made Paul George look good. And Paul George, all he did was 
weasel his way out of Oklahoma City and got my man Russ traded to the Houston Rockets, which is cool, though. I like Russ being with James Harden. But Russell Westbrook hasn't lost a step whatsoever, and him being on the Rockets is great because that gives the Rockets another ball handler. It takes the ball out of James Harden's hands sometimes, and it just works great for them. And, and we, we know his resume. We know his resume. 2016-2017 MVP. He averaged a triple-double for three seasons in a row. Remember, people, averaging a triple-double for a season was foreign territory. Out of nowhere, Russ does it three seasons in a row. So put some respect on my man name. He currently has COVID-19, but if anybody's going to fight it off, it's going to be Russell Westbrook. So that is my number three point guard in the NBA. A lot of people will say that I'm biased with this next pick, but looking at the landscape and point guards in the NBA, I'm going to go with Ben Simmons as my number four point guard in the NBA. He's a two-time All-Star, 2017-18 Rookie of the Year. And he's been playing outstanding. I mean, this year he's averaging 16.4 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, and 8 assists. This is all with no jumper. I also think that he is the best defender in the NBA. I don't care what y'all say about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard not 6'10", guarding 1 through 5. Ben Simmons guards everybody. He He's doing what a young LeBron did on the defensive end. All right, I'm not trying to get too carried away here. But this is Ben Simmons is easily a top five point guard in the NBA. Um, a lot of people as well, and I, I just want to touch on this. A lot of people always compare Ben to Giannis, and they think that Giannis just grew into this star overnight. And in actuality, he didn't. Giannis' first season, he averaged six point eight points per game. He shot forty one percent from the field. His second season, he averaged twelve point seven points per game. He shot forty nine percent from the field. His third season, where Ben Simmons is at now, he averaged 16 points per game and he shot 50% from the field. Ben Simmons came in the league already having these numbers that Giannis had in his third season. But, I mean, fourth season, a star was born. Giannis never looked back. Basically where I'm going with this, all the people who are always hype saying trade Ben Simmons because he doesn't shoot, the dude hasn't even played three seasons yet. I talked about this on the last show. Let the man grow. It, it's there. Like, we all see it. Like, it's right there. And for all we know, it's going to happen. And honestly, I think it is going to finally happen because Brett Brown has been having Ben Simmons play the four, which is about time. Like, what, what, is he, what, do, what do Brett Brown be thinking? Like, I, I'm just average Joe. I don't, I don't know nothing. But what first thing I do when I play GM mode on 2K is I trade for a point guard and I move Ben Simmons to the four and I be snapping on 2K. I know it's a video game, a simulation, but you don't think that might have a chance in real life? Who's going to, what four is going to guard Ben Simmons? But then again, you, you, I could play devil's advocate and you say what one is going to guard Ben Simmons. But it doesn't matter. I would prefer Ben Simmons off the ball, running the floor, being more aggressive. And then maybe those numbers like Giannis will finally appear. So we'll see. My fifth player is Trey Young. I love Trey Young. He rounds out my top five. Trey Young, I really thought was like going to be baby Steph Curry coming into the league. But... He, like, close. Call me crazy, but he is, like, really close. Dude can shoot. He's already got the ball handling ability. He already can find his teammates. 
I mean, this is his second year. He averaged 29.6 points per game, 9.3 assists, and he made an all-star game. Not only did he make the all-star game, he was a starter. And this is in his second year. His rookie year, he averaged 19 points per game. Trey Young is nasty. Ice Trey is nasty. I love Trey Young. He rounds out my top five. So just for a recap, number two, we got Steph Curry. I'm sorry. Number one, we got Steph Curry. Number two, we got Damian Lillard. Number three, Russell Westbrook. Number four, Ben Simmons. Trey Young rounds out my number five. I'm going to move on to the shooting guards. And to start off the shooting guards, this should be no surprise to anyone who my number one shooting guard is in the NBA. And that's James Harden. He's eight-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, six-time All-NBA, 2017-2018 NBA MVP. Since he's been on the Rockets, dude's almost averaged 30 points per game. And over the past three seasons, he's averaged over 30 points per game. He's been nothing but spectacular. I mean, this season alone, James Harden, 34 points per game, 7.4 assists, 6 rebounds. He hits the free throw line 11, we can just say about 12 times per game. Call it what you want. I told you before, it's crafty. People don't like the way that he plays, but I think it's very strategic. So, you know, my number one guy is James Harden. Moving on to number two, Klay Thompson, all day. Three-time NBA champion, five-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA the sucky part about it is I miss Klay Thompson because, you know, he tore his ACL back in the NBA Finals. But as for a career, dude's giving you 20 points per game, which is a shock playing alongside Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. I'm sorry, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. He was still able to give you 20 points per game. He's easily one of the best two-way defenders, and he will lock you up on ball and for his career, he shoots 40% from three. So, Klay Thompson is my guy 100%. Moving on, my third best shooting guard in the league, Bradley Bill. Nobody does it quite like Bradley Bill. Uh, I was listening to all the Smoke podcasts he was on there. He said guys that he looked up to growing up was Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade. Truthfully, you can see that in his game. His shooting form is very similar to how Ray Allen used to let it fly. And then when he's driving to the bucket, you know, being very elusive and creating for his own shot, looks just like D-Wade. So you can see how those guys heavily influenced him. But this season alone was a career season for him. 30 points per game, that's a career high. 6.1 assists per game, that's a career high form as well. His game has evolved since John Wall has been out from injury, and I honestly can't wait to see how he looks once him and John Wall are able to join forces once again. The sucky part, though, we're not going to be able to see him in the bubble because he did decide to opt out, which I completely understand. Like, However people feel about this pandemic that's going on, I truly, it's all you. Like, I'm not judging. For example, like if I happen to run into people or see them, I'm I'm a touchy person, so I I'll ask like, hey, are you, are you doing handshakes or are you doing hugs? Like I'll ask before I just go ahead because you don't know how people are truly handling things with this pandemic, so you can't just walk around touching and hugging people and stuff like that. That's why I ask permission. But as far as like Bradley Bill, I get it, him not playing and opting out, so he's definitely my number three shooting guard in the league. So my number four, I wasn't sure what position this guy really played because he plays like a forward and he plays like a guard. But it's Luka Doncic. He's been great since he's coming to the NBA. 2018-2019 Rookie of the Year. He made an all-star game. He looked up to LeBron coming into the league, and you can kind of see that in his gameplay. 
For example, this season alone, 28.7 points per game, 8.7 assists, 9.3 rebounds. He's already putting up astronomical numbers, and he's still a young bull. He's out here getting busy. He was a EuroLeague MVP and a EuroLeague champion in 2018. So that run has just continued for him since he's entered the NBA. And he's also taken the league by storm. So I, I like Luka Doncic. I like his gameplay. Seems like a pretty fun dude to play with. He gets his teammates involved. So Luka Doncic is definitely my number four guy to, for the shooting guards. And to round out my list, my man Devin Booker. He's been nothing but a bucket since he's entered the NBA. This season, averaging 26 points per game, he should have truly made the All-Star game. I mean, I get it. Damian Lillard got injured and he gave Devin Booker his spot, but he should have been in there regardless because Devin Booker is nothing but a bucket, and that's all he does for Phoenix is get a bucket. And you know the craziest thing about Devin Booker? He's only 23 years old. Like, think about that. He's already achieved so much in the NBA, and he's only 23 years old, coming from Kentucky. I, I, dude was born in 96, and he's still giving straight buckets. I know a lot of Sixers fans always say how they want Devin Booker and this, that, and the third, you know, trade him for Ben Simmons. Nah, I, I, only reason I would say no is because he doesn't give you the same thing that Ben gives you on defense. But when we talk about automatic assault weapon, Oh, he's going to shoot, and he's definitely going to he's going to definitely ball. He's shooting almost 50% from the field, and he's shooting about 36% from three. So you know he'll give you a bucket. And I remember that one game where he snapped off against Boston. I think this might have been two, three years ago when he went off for, I think it was 70 points. 70 points he put up in, in oh, my gosh. Like, But it wasn't a losing effort. I pray that one day Devin Booker gets a better opportunity because Phoenix is just not it for him. But Devin Booker rounds out my top five. So just to double check and just to reiterate, we got James Harden, Klay Thompson, Bradley Bill, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker. I mean, we're going to start with the small forwards. Do I have to say LeBron's resume? I don't think I need to say LeBron's resume. We, we know. We know. We know LeBron James is definitely the best shooting guard. I'm sorry, the best small forward in the NBA still to this day. There's, there's no argument about that. Um, we already three-time champion. I'm I'm not gonna do it. We know he's he's the king, but I'm gonna move on to number two, and I'm gonna say this man's resume just in case people forgot because he has been out with injury, and that's Kevin Durant. People tend to forget about my man KD, the Slim Reaper. They gotta stop playing. Ten-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ, two-time NBA champ, nine-time All NBA, 2013-2014 MVP. Rookie of the Year, All-Star MVP, Finals MVP, you name it, Kevin Durant has done it. That's that's just what he does. Throughout his career, he's averaging 27 points per game, automatic bucket, seven rebounds per game. I mean, since he's been in the league, he's been nothing but a bucket. Remember watching him at Texas, nothing but a bucket. 2013-14, when he won that MVP, gave you 32 points per game, clean across the board. He's one of the few players who's uh, shot 90% from the free throw line, 40% from three, and 50 from the from a field goal. So he's, he's, he's all money, and he's a seven-foot he's a seven foot shooting guard, basically. So KD is definitely my number two small forward. Number three, I'm going to give it to Kawhi, of course, 
because he's he's hot. Everybody likes Kawhi right now, but he's def his game is definitely showing why he's well deserving to be the number three sh- small forward in the NBA. Uh, this season, he was actually he was still rolling the way that he was rolling last year with Toronto. Twenty six point nine points per game, seven rebounds, five. Ass- he actually passed more this year, which is a shock. Because in Toronto, Mans wasn't passing at all. I mean, passing not really his thing. So that's actually a career high for him, five assists per game. So big shouts out for him for actually passing the ball. And that's also a career high for him in scoring this year with the Clippers. But, I mean, he only played 51 games. It takes load management to the extreme. A lot of dudes, they they play way more games than him. So I'll kind of, you know, I mean... He's still hooped, though, at the end of the day. He still hoops, but he just takes off way too many games, and he's probably the best on-ball defender in the NBA with dude's hands are large, and I believe he's the first player to ever win finals MVP in the Eastern and Western, representing the Eastern and Western conferences. So big shouts out to Kawhi Leonard. He is third on my list, and you got Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat. You already know what Jimmy Butler is going to give you. Intensity, defense, that's why Miami is the best place for him. I don't have any lost feelings about him leaving the Philadelphia 76ers. It didn't work. It didn't work at all. I wish him the best. Would I love to still have him? Of course, because Sixers definitely need some veteran leadership. And the guy who's going to go to war, you you, you know Jimmy's going to go to war. So I'm going to say he's my number four. And my, my next guy, Jason Tatum. You may say it's too young. But listen, Jason Tatum is a bucket. He's one of the last dudes who was able to get some great wisdom from Kobe, and you see it in his game. The thing that still surprises me about Jason Tatum is I just never saw this coming from him at Duke. And I've said this before, at Duke, he was just, I feel like he was a knockdown shooter. I did not see this one-on-one isolation game that solidify him as a, the scorer that he is now. So Jason Tatum rounds out my top five. So we got LeBron, KD, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum rounding out my small fours. For the power fours, I felt like this list was, um, I'd say it was difficult. The reason I say it was difficult is because I feel like there aren't a lot of dominant power forwards. But also, the game is becoming positionless, so even all those small fours that I just mentioned, at times, they're checked in at power forward, but I'm talking about true, like, people's true position, so of course, Giannis is number one, even though he's easily a small forward, based on the way he plays the game, but he's also seven feet tall. AD is definitely my number two. Pascal Siakam, three. Lo- I love Siakam. He's all over the court. I'm going to go, at first I was thinking um, John Collins from Atlanta because he is tough. But I'm going to switch him out. I'm going to switch him out for Draymond Green because Draymond Green is still a very valuable power forward who does so much for the Golden State Warriors. He is their point guard, essentially, for real, for real. He he facilitates, he, he runs the floor, and he'll take the best defender. So I'm, I'm going to move Draymond Green into my list because originally he wasn't. And then five, only because there aren't a lot of power forwards at the true power forward position. I'm going to take Zion. I know a lot of people are going to be shocked with that because they swear I'm a Zion hater. I'm not a Zion hater at all. I really I really wish to do the nothing but success. I really do. But I'm going to say it again. 
I just don't think he's that that transcendent player. I don't think he's the next face of the, the league. I mean, I just told y'all Devin Booker is still 23 years old. He don't count as a guy. Like, Giannis is 24. Like, he don't count. Like, Giannis can't take the league for the next 10 years, but they're giving it to Zion. It's cool. I get it. Just to recap on my top five power forwards, we got Giannis, AD, Anthony Davis for y'all. It might be uh, on the slow side. We got Pascal Siakam, Draymond Green, and I'm ending it with Zion. The center position was just as difficult as the power forward position because just like the power forwards, they also play center as well. But true center, you can't, you can't argue Joel Embiid is the best center in the NBA. You got uh, the Joker, Nik- Nikolai Jokic from Denver. He's number two. I got Carl Anthony Towns at three. Rudy Gobert at four. I was, I was kind of, I'm like shifty on Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside, but I'm going to still stick with Rudy Gobert because he's one defensive player of the year. And for my number five, I'm going to go with Andre Drummond. It's just crazy because the center position is no longer valued, and a guy like Andre Drummond like, he don't really get no love. I still can't believe that Detroit traded him to Cleveland. Like, really? And then the sad thing is, Cleveland might not even re-sign him. That's why centers got to do everything they can do to stay in the league. That's why you see guys like Dwight Howard now shooting threes and splashing them. Centers really got to, like, knock down threes because that's the only way they're going to stay alive. But in my personal opinion, I truly feel that... If we had one dominant center who played, like, old-school basketball, the shift will easily come back. That's why I'd be like, yo, Joel, if you don't just bang in the paint, like, if you don't just go watch some footage of Shaq and just dominate, because since everybody's playing small ball, there's a chance you got a small defender on you. All you got to do is demolish that man in the paint. Like Shaq say, hook shot all day. That's all Shaq did. Shaq said he just hook shot him to death. I don't see why Joel can't do that, but I get it. You got to be versatile. You got to shoot the three. So to recap, my top five centers in the NBA got Joel Embiid, the Joker, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Andre Drummond. Now, before I get up out of here, I got another top five list for y'all that I just came up with. I thought it would be funny. I got the top five players to call the snitch line down in the bubble. Now, look. Them players are going to be down there wilding. Now, I don't think it's realistic that you think that these NBA players, these multimillionaires, are going to be told how to live their lives. That just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. People are already getting in trouble for sneaking across campus to go ahead and get some delivery. Like I mentioned earlier, you got... You got Instagram models talking about how they getting snuck into the bubble. So you can only imagine, like, what the heck is going on down there. But they said they have a snitch line. But here are my top five players who I feel will actually call the snitch line. I'm going to start number one, J.J. Reddick. I feel like J.J. Reddick, he down for the cause, but I could see him definitely snitching. Especially because through his entire career, he's always made the playoffs and the Pelicans are on the outside looking in. So, I mean, he might mess around a snitch. You never know. I mean, they could be playing up against the Kings. You know, somebody, well, Rashawn Holmes already quarantined for eight days because he won't go get food. So, you never know. You never know the repercussions of getting snitched on. So, J.J. Reddick, definitely, I see him snitching. 
Also, I see LeBron snitching. That's number four. LeBron definitely, I can see him snitching because he's trying to get that fourth championship ring. Any team that's up against LeBron, if he catch you outside, he's telling on you. Y'all getting suspended. Y'all not playing. Oh, and we already know who definitely, definitely snitching. CP3 snitching. Like that's he's he's he probably organized the snitch line. He's the he's the uh, president of the Players Association, so you know he definitely snitching. I see him ratting right now, and for some odd reason, just looking at him, my number uh, two guy, Luka Doncic, he just looked like a snitch, so he's on there. And then my number one guy is definitely is Joel Embiid. He's snitching. The reason I'm saying he's snitching for real is because you seen how Man's arrived to the to the bubble. He had on a full suit and a and basically a gas mask. Like I get it. He's he's really trying to be safe from the Rona. Like I 100% get it. But I feel like if he see anybody anybody doing what they not supposed to be doing he snitching because for for sure he not trying to catch the rona so jj reddick lebron james chris paul luka Doncic, joel mb they my top five players that's gonna call the snitch line so you gotta watch out around them because you know you never know you might get suspended a game or two for breaking the bubble don't be sneaking in no chicks you know what i mean don't be going across campus getting food it ain't that deep so, as always, I want to thank you for listening, checking out the latest episode of the AVO Podcast. I'll be back pretty soon. As long as these sports keep giving me stuff to talk about, I'm going to come back. I mean, I could talk about other stuff, but I don't, I don't feel like, it. you know, sports is where it's at. So, I'm out. Peace. I'll be safe. Keep on a mask, though.